Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Stocks for beginners. Weekend watch list. Hi, and welcome back to Stocks for Beginners Weekend Watchlist, where we'll be taking a close look at an individual company, sector, or ETF that you may wish to consider for your watchlist. It's not a recommendation to buy, but a way for you to learn how experts screen for value. And joining me today, and I'm very excited to welcome from Seven Investing, Simon Erickson. Hi, Simon. Hey, Phil. I'm glad to be here. Thanks very much for having me. Yeah, thank you very much for coming on and excited about um, doing a lot more of these with Seven Investing in the future. As am I as well. I look forward to it as well. So we're going to be talking about the global semiconductor shortage that um, seems to be affecting the manufacturing of so many different goods. Tell us about what your view is on this. It is, Phil. It's something you hear a lot about, but until you get into the numbers, you just can't really see the impact this is having out there. A company like Apple, you know, one of the largest consumer electronics companies on the planet, says it missed sales by $6 billion last quarter. That's a big deal. When Toyota, one of the largest automakers in the entire world, is saying that it had to cut its production capacity, global production capacity, by 30 to 40% a month. I mean, that's a really big deal. And so these things, both of the reasons for those shortfalls were because they just weren't able to get enough chips. And so something that I've looked into the last few months has been, why is that? Why are we seeing these kind of bottlenecks? And probably even more interesting for your audience and mine as well is, as an investor, how can we make money off of this and take advantage of what's going on out there? So what are the reasons? Why is there a shortage at the moment? What's contributing to that? There's a bunch of reasons for it. I think that first and foremost is really the manufacturing capacity. It's just not keeping up with demand right now. Demand, to a large part, is coming from the cloud data centers. When you see companies like Amazon Web Services, you see Google Cloud Platform, you see Microsoft, Azure, and you know all of these are growing at 40%, 50% a year. That is incredible how large they are, and yet continue to grow at that pace. And those cloud data centers that they have, the infrastructure that goes into those, is having to get more and more complex. The machine learning algorithms that are processing and doing all this computing and all the instances and all the storage and all the data that companies are churning out and putting in the cloud, it's just pushing them to their capacity of keeping up with it. And so a lot of that is custom chips. These are really high-performance computing chips that are going right to the cloud. Another trend that's really pushing the demand side of this is electric vehicles. Electric vehicles, we hear a lot about Tesla, we hear about a lot of the automakers kind of going in the EV route, but this is completely new to the supply chains that we've gotten used to in the automotive world, at least, which was kind of built upon distributors. And then the level before that, you had chip makers. These complex auto supply chains have really needed to simplify. This is something that Elon Musk spends a lot of time on. But at the end of the day, electric vehicles, they have twice as many chips as an internal combustion engine does. The cost of those chips can be seven or eight times it is for an electric vehicle versus a traditional vehicle. So, I mean, we're seeing a lot of demand on the auto side of it as well. And then just the IP, the intellectual property of this is not easy to make the most complex chips in the world. It's not like you can just go and flip a switch and say, okay, now we're going to start providing the chips that are going into Apple's smartphones or to Tesla's cars or any other high-tech company out there. It's very, very challenging. 
We've heard Moore's law is dead. That's not true. Chips are getting smaller and smaller. The transistors that are being packed onto those integrated circuits are getting denser and denser. And there's only a handful of companies that can actually produce and manufacture the process technology that's required for the most demanding of chips out there. Whether it's going to consumer electronics, whether it's going into automotive, whether it's going into data centers, whatever it is, there's a demand versus supply imbalance right now. And then there's also a lot of IP and technology. Just really tough, Phil. This is not a cyclical thing. This is kind of the new normal that we got to keep up with demand out there if we want this to change. And I believe it's um, affected the thinking of even traditional car manufacturers where in the past it's been just-in-time delivery of parts for cars. And now they're starting to think about actually bringing the manufacturing closer to home and actually doing it themselves and even becoming chip manufacturers themselves, I believe. That's so true. It's so global, right? I mean, you think about automotive supply chains. Maybe you're getting some chips from NXP in Austin. Maybe you're getting some from Renesas in Japan. They ship them. They inventory them to you. You have some distributor like a Delphi or a Bosch or somebody that's whole, and then you send those to the automaker itself, and then they've got to manufacture. And then when you've got an earthquake or a fire that happens in Japan, like what happened last year, or you've got a winter storm here in Texas, which all of my Texas friends here know what that was like last year. I mean, it just throws the entire equation out of whack. And then nobody's getting anything done anymore. And on top of that, Phil, how about COVID? I mean, how about when Toyota says, hey, we don't see the demand in March of 2020. We've got to cut back on our order forecasts. If you're a manufacturer of chips and Toyota pulls their orders, you say, okay, that's great. Now you're in the back of the line behind the Elon Musk of the world who are really just stepping in on the accelerator and putting more and more orders for more and more production. So it's a complex supply chain. Uh, it's something that the automotive world, like you said, is trying to simplify, try to create those ships themselves, try to take a lot of kinks out of the process. So for investors, where do you think the opportunities lie? I think one of the first is Taiwan Semiconductor. This is the world's largest independent foundry that's manufacturing those chips. So whatever the company is, they typically supply the designs and then they say, okay, make this as efficiently as you possibly can. They've been doing it for 35 years. And this is one that's pushing its process technologies farther and farther. It's down to three nanometer nodes, which you'll be launching here in 2022. It's already got Apple and Tesla lined up, also Intel as, as customers that want to access this. But at the same time, Phil, I mean, when you've got that kind of a lock on the market, you've got that kind of competitive advantage. It is not only asking its silicon suppliers for 15% reductions in their prices, but it's also increasing its own prices 10 to 20% at the same time. You have to imagine the confluence of huge market demand, a process technology only you can provide, a lower cost of goods sold from your own suppliers, and then higher pricing for your customers. I have to assume that operating margins are shooting through the roof three to five years from now. What are your thoughts in terms of um, the manufacturing in uh, maybe more of the medium to longer term? I mean, that's one of the beauties of capitalism is that um, needs end up being fulfilled. Do you see this is occurring or is it um, the technology is so complex that it's really a serious moat around a company like this? It's certainly going to continue for the future. You see them putting $100 billion in the three-year capital expenditures plan. They're building new plants in Arizona in the U.S. They're building several new in, in Taiwan. These are 15 to $20 billion expansions. And if you're a conservative company like that, you're not just going out and building those on a whim. You're doing them because you've got orders that are lined up two, three, maybe five years in the future. And again, when you build something on a process technology, right, you build a three nanometer node line for your plants, 
it's not going to be the latest and greatest five years from now. You're going to get as much as you can possibly out of it. And then you're going to build something that's even better in the future. And your competitors will be keeping up with you too. You see that China is building a whole lot of plants right now. Even Intel is wanting to kind of do a lot of manufacturing for domestic supply for the tech companies in America. But again, I still think that when you're as large as Taiwan Simi is, you've got this equation figured out. You're just so efficient and dominant. 57%-ish of the market cap globally of externally used foundries. I mean, it's incredible how large they are. So what's the ticker code? Ticker is TSM for Taiwan Simi. And um, what exchange is it uh, listed on? Let's see, that one's on the NYSE in the States. I believe that they've got some foreign listings too, but don't quote me on the tickers for those. Yep. And of course, as I said at the beginning, this is not a recommendation to buy, but this is just something to have a look at and do your own research. We've got another beneficiary from it too. You know, um, we talked about the silicon suppliers are getting kind of pushed back on to reduce their prices, but something that Taiwan Simi is not asking for concessions on is a capital equipment. Particularly, there's a Dutch company called ASML. This is the company that produces a very specific type of machinery. They're calling it extreme ultraviolet lithography machines. That as these chips are getting smaller and smaller, you know, they've got to be running this. There can't be any interference. There can be no dust. There can be no particles. There can be anything when you're etching these chips. No earthquakes, no little movements anywhere. No, definitely not. (laughs) Humidity. I'm sure it's it's completely (laughs) controlled. It's completely controlled and they cost $150 million a piece, right? Totally specialized. And you can't ramp those things up fast enough. You can't just go say, hey, Phil, we're going to go hire some people because we need to get some engineers in there making it. I mean, this is something that takes a lot of training. Yeah, here's a f- couple of shifting spanners, you know, get onto it. <laughs> you're probably doubling your salary if you're working in that field right now. You know, machinery like that, I mean, things like that, ASML is the only company that can make those globally. And they are required for anything that's lower than seven nanometer nodes. So you think about that. If you're Apple and you want more smartphones, you have to use them. If you are doing anything high-performance computing, you have to use this company. It just can't even possibly keep up with demand and something that's effectively got an entire monopoly in the entire world for. And the code in the exchange for ASML? ASML is actually the ticker as well. Keeps it easy, yeah? Yeah, very easy. Simon Erickson, thank you very much for joining me today. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Phil. I like chatting with you. If you found this podcast helpful, please tell a friend, especially if it's someone who needs to start thinking about investing for their future. You'll be helping them and helping me to keep this show on the road. Stocks for Beginners is for information and educational purposes only. It isn't financial advice and you shouldn't buy or sell any investments based on what you've heard here. Any opinion or commentary is the view of the speaker only, not Stocks for Beginners. This podcast doesn't replace professional advice regarding your personal financial needs, circumstances or current situation. And thank you for listening to my podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.